Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. What's good, y'all? This is C-Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 31 of Beer Night, the podcast, adjunct series, quarantine edition. This evening, I have a fantastic guest. If you have been listening to us for a while, this gentleman is one of the very few people who've been on multiple times. This is his third time. He's a professional. He's an OG of BAOS. I'm just going to bring him right on. This is Jean-Philippe Lalonde from Silo and Bira. I'm going to give you a round of applause. Hey, there he is. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Hey. How you doing, man? Yeah, the first the first time we met, you called me an OG. I was, I was just like a deer with uh, with lights, and I didn't know what to say. So no. you you make the education now, right? It's you know it goes both ways. You teach me about beer, and I'll teach you about ridiculous slang. You know, it's about street wear. It's a it's a trade. I do remember that that came up uh, recently. I think over the summer on the um, like the Facebook memories, and I watched that. It was so funny. <laughs> Good times. So yes, you right? You accept it. You have to. So you, uh, people might be familiar. That was like we were just trying to figure out when that was. It was at least two years ago, maybe three. I think it might have been 2017. Even. And that was when you had La Circusal. And um, then you got into Bira, which we're going to talk about tonight. And we did an episode with yourself and uh, your girlfriend and co-owner, Wiener. I think that was 2018. Do you think? I think it might have been. Uh-oh, we got a Skype pause. Uh-oh. This doesn't happen too often. God damn it. Oh, internet. JP is just frozen. Yeah, so maybe you'll just call back in in a second. In the meantime, I can just talk to myself. Um, I can keep keep going with the story until... <laughs> it's just so funny. It's such a good, such a funny... Uh, That's a good frozen stare. So, I don't know if I should hang up and just let him call back in or... The downfall of... Uh, Maybe you should chat him and say it's frozen. Yeah. We could just be having a chin and not know. Yeah, he could be talking because he probably can't hear me though. Um, honestly, if photos call back. What did it say? Yeah, he sent me a photo. It says... Oh, you're waiting to accept the invitation from me? Okay, this is hella weird. Sorry, guys. The uh, This tends to happen with... Um, Podcasts, you know, uh, I don't understand why Skype is so ridiculous. Okay, what I'm gonna do? Oh, here we go. He's calling me again. There we go. Come on. There we go. Oh, all right. We got you back. I don't know what happened there. I wonder if there's a way. I didn't actually accept your thing. I saw it, and then I was just getting changed, and then you called, so it worked. But that means is this going to keep happening until I accept it? I don't know what you're talking about. I told you <laughs> Skype is just... Skype <laughs> sucks, man. Yeah, because it says you're waiting to me to accept the invitation. But yeah. now you're on the call. I don't know how to go back and accept. Oh, what if I could do it on my phone or something like that? Skype, man. See, this is not what uh, not the optimal situation. I mean, it's doing the trick for this software and stuff. But um, here we go. If I go here... Oh, like it's not offer, uh, giving me a thing to accept it, so maybe it just worked. Well, we shall see. We'll just continue on. Um, I will take a look. Take a look. Another surprise. I know, right? Hey, man. I feel like the the best part this this type of shit is exactly why we never did the podcast over Skype in the past. It was always in person, and then when this stuff happened, we had no choice. And typically, it's been pretty good, you know. But I think people are patient with um, 
technical difficulties and such, you know. <laughs> Everybody knows it's a mess. So what I was saying was uh, in about 2018 or uh, we did the podcast with uh, you guys at Bira. And then uh, you announced – no, you sold La Circus Cell last year. Yeah, last year. Last uh, year. Yeah, May 2019. Oh, it was May. Okay. And yeah. then, Oh, that's a while ago. Yeah, it takes a long time to build a new company. That's and uh, COVID has been running for a while too. So Yeah, it feels like forever. And then I guess oh, yeah. you opened in the middle of the pandemic this year. Uh, just before. Just before. Okay, I'm sorry. When, so it was March, February? It was uh, February 26, 28, something like that. We opened okay. the bar. And then uh, when we were ready to, uh, to uh, show our beers to the public, uh, we had to, to close. Gotcha. So horrible timing. But uh, the best part is um, the word that I've heard on the street about what you're doing is exceptional. Uh, people are talking, bro. They're talking about the OG. And uh, I had the the uh, Louvain um, Czech Pilsner yes. last night. Oh, my gosh. It was phenomenal. And this is the Kolsch that we're going to crack first, yeah? Yeah. I'm excited for this one. Tell me – I've got a bunch of questions about Silent Man. Maybe just tell us about this beer and then we'll get into the whole project and stuff. So – so this is a Kölsch. It's a it's a blonde uh, ale from Germany. Oh, in fact, it's, it's a style that is from uh, Cologne in Germany. Yeah. As you 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 can see, it it pours uh, very clear. Yeah. Super clear. Great head. So it's it's un uh, it's unfiltered, and uh, we we leave it uh, enough time so it gets very clear. And the fermentation is uh, quite slow. It ferments at uh, 17 degrees uh, instead of uh, general AL fermentation uh, around 20. Uh, so you have a little bit less uh, fruity uh, esters, okay. but you, you get some of them, but it's more on the uh, the subtle sulfury uh, idem flavor that you cannot quite uh, uh, name, but okay. that are uh, Part of the, the the harmony of the, the of the thing, and it's a blonde ale that is quite um, quite uh, easy to drink and very uh, smooth. Very, and uh, yes, oh yeah, are you ready? Boom! You know how it goes. Um, yeah. Okay, not my first. Yeah, yeah, not your first rodeo. Yeah, so I made a lot too much fun. A lot, a lot of it. Cheers, brother. It's great. It's just like so on point. And I know this is your, this is your thing, right? This is your, this is what you're, you're really into. Um, and this is sort of where you really shine. I think, you know, most breweries who follow that type of model, like, you know, the breweries making beers that they love, it, it works best. That's a sick, the glass looks dope, man. And it's a traditional uh, coach glass. Oh, you want to try it? Yes. It's so, a- so always looking for balance mm. and that's the, the, the art thing for me because I, I don't want it to be too sweet or too bitter or too dry or too anything it just has to be right in the middle okay. uh, for my taste at least okay uh, that's uh, yeah that's why I like to to make uh, them again and again to to like, like nail it uh, eventually right yeah and that's a I mean, it's particularly with these styles where they're traditional and, and they have a certain way, like, you know, you don't really mess with it too much. Um, this is great, man. It's super balanced. Um, I'm just trying to take a few of the quick notes there. It's nice. And I feel like it's got like a nice sweet profile. Am I imagining that? It's pretty, um, uh, it's pretty, dry, it's pretty dry, but 
there's some kind of um, maltiness, some protein, some uh, some roundness to it, but it's not uh, it's not uh, it's not sweet. Not sweet. It's okay. gonna stick in your palate. It's gonna uh, stay clean. That's but, true. Uh, and, and the bitterness is uh, just enough to to cut through it and to leave you the uh, leave you um, wanting another. Yeah, it's just super super crushable. It's got a nice fruitiness. What hops are in this one? Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, Saz ops and uh, a little bit of Crystal ops, which are American, um, some kind of toned down cascade. But uh, they, I, I use them only to uh, at the beginning of boil, so uh, you can you can feel the the the, the up aroma, but uh, um, it's only a boiling ops. So uh, in theory, there there's no up aroma, but when you're when you're making a beer that has so so uh, so much less flavor and less less everything, you, you can start feel start sensing what uh, what every ingredient are is doing. So mm. you can can feel the up, you can taste them, but uh, they're very subtle. Subtle. Gotcha. Okay. Um, no, this is this is fantastic, man. This is uh, it's it's just nailed it. And I think since we've sort of last connected, um, this has become. My sort of like all the crispy boys are now my my thing. Surprisingly, like I love them more than maybe the haze right now. To be honest, I don't. Oh. Yeah, it's weird. I know. I can't. I don't believe you. <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> don't. People people like they just don't understand. I don't get it now. Like they won't believe me, so I have to keep doing it. But the I was like that's why I was really excited to try his stuff. And we're going to get into like how it's how it started actually because you went to the motherland and um, you know discovered how to do, you know, from, from the source in the Czech Republic, right? So maybe we should go to the, so, you know, if people want to hear about uh, Bira and stuff, you can listen to that episode, but maybe tell us uh, first, and we're going to talk about Bira afterwards, but we should focus on Salo for now. So tell me why you sort of moved on from our circus cell and how this project came about. Uh, yeah, I, we, we were making the, 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 the house beers for, for Bira Bira, but we uh, we didn't have a, a brewery uh, uh, for for us to make it uh, directly. So so with La Cursal, I was mm-hmm. brewing on premise on site, but we, we couldn't uh, sell uh, anywhere else. To beer, right? So mm-hmm. I didn't like the, the contract brewing part of the, the thing. Uh, we had our our own lineup for uh, for Bira beer, but uh, I didn't have any any controls. Uh, Control on the quality. I couldn't uh, improve, or uh, I, every, I I'd like I like to know every details of the, how it's produced. Okay. So uh, <clears throat> we came with the idea that uh, probably it should be a good idea to 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 make it our own. And uh, yeah, it was like the, the timing was good, so I decided to to sold uh, my uh, my share of the, uh, my share of La Sucursale to my partner, so they can uh, go on with uh, La Sucursale. Uh, uh, with the, the same beers and a new brewer and, and all, and on my side I had the opportunity to do mm. a new company uh, from scratch. Right, and so that was and Silo came about in you said May last year, something like that. Was it May? Sorry, uh, Silo. Yeah. Yeah. February. Oh, so you opened in February, but it, it started. The first uh, canned beer were available in uh, April. In April. And last year, though, to talk about how it came about. So when you started a new project and you already had Vera, and so you, 
is it something that you just like because that's that's pretty uncommon where there's some one person you already had two breweries you moved on from one and then you started a whole other project why what inspired like why do you do that that is super cool and it's it's like i said it's uncommon in beer for people to work like that it's really cool yeah with, with uh, La Sucursale, I was uh, limited to do the, this legal thing that we couldn't sell the beer uh, in, the, in the beer shops and uh, grocery. Uh, so uh, I, I really wanted to go into that, to jump into this market uh, where I can take my beer, beers and uh, get known from people that are in other cities because uh, it, it's become it becomes uh, increasingly difficult to uh, to get people to our place because there's so many good options right now mm. that uh, I think that now you 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 really have an, uh, an advantage if you can get your beer uh, to people somewhere else and and to get them to to, to come and visit us uh, after this so it was uh, the main um, priority uh, for for Bira and uh, and for Silo, the new brewery. So uh, here we have a, a bar too, so we can uh, eventually uh, uh, get people to come uh, and, and see see us. And uh, it was a great opportunity to 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 build from scratch. So so it's uh, the day I left La Sucursale, the, the idea was uh, already uh, in motion for for a good uh, good while then and. Uh, when when you build a company, you have so many choices to make, and uh, and and you can you can have two or three good choices, and you have to pick one and go forward and move forward, and you cannot go back because you you have to 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 uh, to stick with your choices uh, with the with the company, and and uh, it's the same thing with uh, with beers. If I I, I have made made um, beers uh, in 2011 for La Sucursale, and and then people just love them. And I couldn't change them that much. Mm. So it's a lot of uh, opportunity to to uh, to to get all the ideas that that you couldn't make because you cannot do anything, and to just take the better of it and and do it again uh, uh, with the with the hope to be uh, the, the, to be better this time. Okay, I like that. That's like that makes a lot of sense. Um, Daniel in Vancouver is uh, comment says Crispy Boys WTF because I called the episode Crispy Boys <laughs> for now in case in case we come up with a better name. Um, so, okay. So where did the name, I got a bunch of questions. I don't even know where to start, but where, why the name silo? Where did that come from? Oh, it's, uh, naming things is not my, my best quality. <laughs> Just, okay. Yes, I, I'm not, uh, advocating my qualities, uh, around this, but, uh, it's just, uh, it was just a, a simple choice because, um, uh, everything in beer just looked like a silo and, that's true. Silo is something that uh, we forget be, that beer is an agricultural product, mm-hmm. and silo is kind of a, a bridge between. You can see silo in the fields, uh, and you can see a lot of silo in the, in uh, in Montreal in industrial uh, neighborhood. And uh, if you if you look at a college glass, it looks like a silo. If you look at a can, it looks like a silo, and that's why we just we just uh, draw a ladder to just. Show, showcase a silo, um. and um, and uh, a, a beer, um, a beer keg. You look- uh, we lost him again. Okay, what I'm gonna do, guys? Oh, we come back. Nope. Because it said I accepted. It wasn't there to be accepted on freaking Skype. What do you want from us? 
What do you want from us, Skype? God damn it. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, I'm oh, There he is. Are you back? JP? Again. Again? I know. Yeah. Like small. Oh, uh, your video is off, it says. I don't understand what's going on here. This has never happened before. I'm just trying to see if this is a, if I had to accept it. Can you hear me okay? There you go. Yeah, I'm back. Look at that. Skype is giving us too much trouble tonight. God damn it. Um, so I was going to ask, okay, so the ladder represents the thing on the side of a silo. Um, and the, the branding here, we've always got on all the cans from what I've seen is like somebody doing something. Like they're usually walking around this. This, this one has a, uh, a little, like a girl holding, like letting a kite go and the kite's at the top there, which is super cool. Yeah. Yeah, let me get my head out the way. Everything is uh, miniatures because uh, we wanted uh, people to, uh, to the people need to pay attention to what what it is. They cannot just go past it uh, on the shelves if they want to know what's what's in it. Mm. So it's a super super <clears throat> subtle, but it goes with the styles of beer and the, the, my 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 thinking behind what kind of beer I like. Uh, beers that you can. That that doesn't look like uh, shiny things, but you you get you get to know them if you uh, think about it, and uh, they can just follow you uh, uh, over the night. And uh, they're simple, good good things that you need to pay attention a little bit to uh, to enjoy. Okay, I like that man because it's definitely like that minimal design, and it forces you to pick up the can. What is that? Well, that's a yeah. kite. Oh, that's a girl. And you look around, and then on the other side, you've got the. Uh, the information, the, the name, the style, of ABV and stuff. Um, I like that a lot. A couple comments here. Daniel saying, love the name. Just pulled myself an amazing lager from Strathcona. He loved, Daniel loves the crispy boys. And Tiff says, love the name Silo. It's a really cool name. I like the – it's just so clean. Everything about this is so like just well put together and it's it certainly would stand out on a shelf when everything yeah, was colorful. Yeah, like mm-hmm. you said, you have to pick it up. And also, it's uh, now you can see this year there's a, a few uh, breweries that came with mm. a white, white can. But uh, before this, it was so um, so noisy. There was so so much color, like what you can see behind me. It's like it looks like a, a beer shelves, and uh, there was so so many noise, uh, so many colors, and uh, you you need to stand out with something. And minimal uh, cans are, are one way to do it. Okay, I like that. The the mural in the back. So people, yeah, I'm not sure if we said it earlier, but you're in the tap room right now. So that's behind the bar. That um, the mural behind you there. No, but maybe you can. We can uh, make a small visit if you want now. Yeah, let's do it. So since you're there, I'll, you, I'll try to show you with my laptop on reverse. Yes. So you tell me you see only my feet or whatever. <laughs> oh wow, nice. That's huge. Yeah. So. This is the tap room. That's cool. Right now we have uh, picnic tables uh, uh, all over the place because they were on the terrace. Ah, I see. On the, on the patio. So this is a, a big uh, 30 feet uh, mural from a, a local artist called uh, Doras. Okay. That is very, very, very nice. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you can see. Yeah, you can see everything. Yeah. This is a big tap room. Yeah, so uh, it's a big tap room. We have uh, 125 uh, places. Okay. So we've made uh, we've made a custom uh, big table, big big uh, communal table, and uh, we uh, we left the building uh, uh, almost 
as is, it was before with the, the white bricks and the, the, the black ceilings okay. and, and the concrete floor. <laughs> what I'm doing right no, now. No, this is perfect. This is great. It's weird because I don't see. <laughs> uh, this is the, the bar. Uh, so we only have 12 taps uh, on purpose because we don't want uh, to have too many beers. Okay. Uh, we, have, we want people to get to know the beer we have. And we're working a lot with those little taps that are uh, from uh, Czech Republic. And they, they go hand in hand with the, 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 the super buck there. Ooh, yeah. Are so, they, um, yeah. Is that a Luca? Yeah, it's a, those are four Lucas taps. So they, they, uh, we can use them to make uh, a lot of uh, wet foam that is very, um, very thick and uh, that has a, a ex exceptional uh, texture. So uh, we, we really work with uh, a lot of foam and a lot of uh, texture on the, on the, in the tap room. So we have to educate the consumer and the staff to uh, appreciate a, a lot and a lot of foam. So that's our, our main focus because we think that um, in Czech Republic, they, they really have something special with the with the, the way they, they serve the beer. Right. So this is our little forest that uh, yeah. <laughs> will be um, well well placed someday. But now it's kind of a mess here. And uh, yeah, that's it. So so it's basically a, a very big uh, mural, uh, big communal tables, and a lot of uh, plants. Beautiful. So uh, I'll show you the brewery while I'm. Uh, yeah. Why not? It's much bigger than I. I don't know why. Uh, it's very, it's very it's big. Really so big. now you have to close your eye because it's uh, messy. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, this is all the beer I have to. Uh, I have to uh, to throw away because my my uh, walking cooler uh, froze last week. No. And I have to throw away all the all the beers that were there. Is it like the because they're not kept cold? They have to be dumped. It was minus ten, so uh, the, the the system just exploded. Oh gosh. Like like a can in your uh, in your freezer that you uh, forget. Yeah, yeah, I just did that. I had uh, twelve mm. cases of four. Wow. So, <laughs> that's terrible. So this is the brewery. I don't know if you can see. Yeah, yeah. This. this is the brew house. So this is the brew house. Yeah, yeah. maybe I can put you. Um, you could hold it. You could even. Oh, that's good. There you go. And a little bit crazy. Now you're you're on a bucket. I'm on a uh, pickle. <laughs> it's a Okay, so there you go. This is the mash tun. Can uh, mix the grain. Then this this is the kettle. And then you, we have the the, the pre fermenters. Uh, that from from and now all the beers are made in those three uh, three tanks. Mm -hmm. But uh, we're gonna get uh, double tanks like this uh, in two weeks. Yeah, we're too close right now. Uh, double tanks like this one in two weeks. This one, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, we're gonna uh, produce more beer uh, from from uh, from now on, and have more uh, more lager. Love it. And this is the the, 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 the conditioning tanks. Okay. So this is where the beer just conditioned is gonna be uh, get clearer because we don't filter. So we need uh, a lot of time to uh, to to get the coach. Uh, clear like that because we don't filter, so it, it needs a, a lot of time. Uh, so we, we will uh, have in two weeks uh, new tanks like horizontal uh, stacks yeah. on the other. So yeah, so we're we're gonna be able to have uh, more space to to lager the beers and to uh, to to make uh, new uh, new lagers um, because with the COVID 
we have to to uh, put this uh, on ice for for a little bit. Okay. And then. No. Not again. Why do you do this to? Okay. Honestly, Skype, I've had it with you tonight. Let's see what's happening here. I pressed. Hang on, no. It's turning off. What the fuck is happening? Reconnecting. Oh, okay, good. It's on Skype pressing that. So I think he probably just went to the fridge. I can't see. Yo, this is dope. I like this brewery tour thing. I think we're going to make this a regular thing on the podcast. If the, uh... It's because they haven't always been at the brewery. Yeah, the no, because he asked home. me specifically. Oh, there okay. you go. That actually cut cut out, I think, man, because it might have had no, no reception in it at the back there. I can hear you. I don't know if you can see me. I can see you. Uh, that's my mistake. Uh, I don't think Wi-Fi goes into the cold room. <laughs> no. So this <laughs> was just stupid. That's, that's okay. Yo, it's okay, so a beautiful back. place, man. Really, really. It is. Uh, it's a shame that we cannot uh, show it to more people right yeah. now. Yeah, I can't wait to check that out when we're back. Um, you're in an area of Montreal in the north part of the island called Ahuntsic, correct? Yeah, that's right. Um, why did you choose Ahuntsic? For uh, for this one, uh, it's not too far from uh, Bira. It's a ten-minute uh, drive. Not bad. It's, uh, it's conveniently a place uh, near the 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 highway forty and uh, fifteen. Okay. Uh, it's a it's a neighborhood where we have a lot of uh, square footage, uh, square uh, square feet of uh, of leasing uh, available, and um, the 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 rents the rents are. Just way cheaper than uh, yeah. downtown uh, in the, the the cool neighborhoods. Uh, and the <clears> other thing <throat> is that Ansik uh, doesn't have any brewery, so not mm. not one. Okay. Uh, so if yeah, if you want to have a good beer, you you have maybe one or two cho- choices, but uh, not in this area of uh, of Ansik. We we are far away in the on the on the west side. In fact, we we are near uh, Saint Laurent Street. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a, and it's a very uh, bizarre place where uh, we, you, the buildings are, it are weird in a good way. It's, uh, okay. it's very special and uh, it's quite beautiful uh, to to be around here. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I've only been up there once or twice ever. I know Bruhaha, there was one in Ahanti, but that was a different area. Yeah. Than it's you very very far away. They are uh, uh-huh. near uh, Apino Street, which yes. is far. Far east, okay. and we're, we're we're near Saint Laurent and near the the Marché Central. So uh, it's, uh, oh, you cannot, like Rockland, yeah, very far. Okay, 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 that makes sense. I know, and I just sort of realized I was looking at the can. Um, obviously, this beer is called Saint Laurent. The one I had last night is called Louvain, and um, you are on Louvain. Um, yeah, that's right. So uh, when I say I, I'm not the, the best to name things, that's one of my lazy uh, things. Is uh, I, cho- I choose uh, a lot of street. That's okay. And then the next beer we're going to have is called Fleury, which I, I'm only putting this together now. I'm only realizing as you were talking before, and I looked at the can, I saw the word um, 109 Louvain. I was like, oh shit, that makes sense. Okay. For for the last past minute, I'd only see you with your eyes closed and you you don't move. Yes. So uh, I'm thinking it's, maybe the connection is not good. I'm uh, the battery in the camera died, 
So Tiff, oh, Tiff right, just, okay. that's okay. Tiff just changed it over. It takes like 10 seconds and then we're back. Okay. In. But the Thank screen you. can see me because I brought in the next one. Are we going to the next beer? You're asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. Do the flurry? Yeah, we can uh, yeah. open it. Because I know we're going to go through a bunch. Um, Tiff or Dan, could you get me the flurry? It's the silo beer in the bottom of the fridge to the right. It looks, looks like this one. I didn't have to wait for you. No, I respect that. You're thirsty. Can I see? Yeah, I saw All right. Now I should be back in business. Can you see me now? It should be good. Nope. No? Okay. Maybe it's just maybe it's just the Skype's frozen. It might kick back. <laughs> it'll, it'll probably kick back in. All right. Um, oh, Tiff is here in the wrong way. Let me see if that's the one. Just wait a second. Ah, so for people, this one is called Fleury. This is the Alt Beer. And I feel like the color of this can. Oh, look at the light. I love this branding, man. The branding is so dope. It's so subtle. And like this is like a cat with some birds at the bottom. It's like you really got to stare at it to, to see this shit. And if, just to put it side by side, it's like slightly different color. Like this is kind of more off-white and this is almost more like gray or something. And if you can read on the back, uh, we, we have a suggestion to uh, to what uh, – what to drink? What to, to drink with? Ah. And it's usually things like th this one is to uh, is to drink uh, while relaxing uh, in, in the sun, sun, right? Yeah. And the other one said to drink out. Let me guess. On plein air, uh, abois on plein air means drink outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Look at me, huh? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty French, huh? <laughs> no subtitles. None at all. Not on this podcast. <laughs> Tell us about the uh, old beer, bro. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's very weird that I can cannot see you. <laughs> but, uh, I'll try to be focused. Yeah, the, this uh, this is quite uh, like the Kirsch uh, because it's fermented with the same yeast. So as I said the, earlier, the, the the yeast really is the signatures of, signature of the beer and uh, uh, some some subtle aroma. I don't know if you can. Oh, okay, get there. There we go. You're, you're hearing me? I can hear you perfectly. I just reset my camera so you can see me again. Great. So uh, it's the same base, but the, the beer is uh, very more – it's more bitter. Okay. Uh, and it's uh, a lot more malty, maltier too. Uh, so so we, we'll have some hint of uh, caramel and chocolate and – Got it. Got it. <laughs> okay. Chocolate. Uh, but but the, it will smell like sweet, but oh, uh, at the same time, it's very uh, dry and bitter uh, at the end. Yeah. So an opia, can you actually describe, because this is where my knowledge, I need to step it up. So what is exactly is an opia? And then in comparison, what is a marzen and maybe what is a, you know what I'm saying? Like those similar type of Vienna lager. Like what's the difference between... These All styles. It was uh, amber brown beer from Germany's. Yes, quite alike, but uh, they, 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 have, uh, they have simple difference. Like for this one, for example, the the, mo the, the biggest difference is that uh, it is an ale. So uh, lagers are fermented around ten degrees. Like okay. I said, but this one will be fermented with an ale yeast, which is not which is not the, the same the exact same species. And uh, it will ferment the uh, higher. So the the alt uh, only it it means uh, uh, old in German. So mm. uh, they're referring to the, the the way they were doing beer before the the lager wave just spread the, into the world. Okay. So you wanted to stay uh, with the old uh, old way of, of brewing beer, but they they adapted 
two uh, modern techniques, so they have a, a beer that doesn't go sour and uh, that doesn't taste uh, smoky. Yeah. They 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 they, they uh, modernized it, but uh, still an ale. So uh, that that's the big the biggest difference. Okay. All right. Just so move. Okay. This is really good, man. Like. And in terms of taste, you, you will get something a little bit drier than the the Munich. Uh, Munich Dunkel, which will be uh, a little bit, a little less bitter, and maybe way less bitter, and uh, more, more malty sweet. Okay. Uh, but this one is really dry and bitter with uh, a caramel punch, uh, and that is the way they they drink in caramel. In Dusseldorf. Right. Okay. Um, this is great. I always sort of get uh, like I feel like there's so much to learn about like these style of beers because this like. This is the stuff that traditionally people learn about, but I didn't really ever dive that deep into it. Um, so it's really nice to sort of start to explore it now. Now that I have a base beer, I think a lot of people are like, you know, maybe people like everyone gets into beer typically, you know, with lagers and then coming into Viennas and red ales and blah, blah, blah. Then you go through the thing, then you maybe get into Belgians and then you get to the trendy shit and then the haze and the sours. And then there's this, you know, the full circle where you come back around. And now that it's been nearly 10 years of, I guess, of doing this for me. So it's not that, I'm not that like deep than like a lot of people, but there's a newfound appreciation for these beers. But now I have an understanding of all the other styles and how it's done. And I get to speak to smart folks like yourself to teach me about it. And now I'm extra fascinated to learn more about how these things come together. So this is great. Um, I, I know most of your stuff, we were talking uh, the other day, um, and you were telling me that the this these two beers specifically are, are, are great for you because you're able they're super tasty they're on style for real traditional you know both these are German style beers but you can turn them over a lot quicker because the lagers are what do they take six eight weeks yeah those beer will will take maybe uh, four weeks to make but uh, the lagers will be will take maybe six. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, it's a lot longer because they from, they're fermented uh, colder, so uh, the, the, the sugars just Thanks. take more time to get fermented. But then after after this, uh, when there's no sugar left, um, there's still a, a big uh, sulfury characters and uh, character and uh, so much aroma to to like round. And uh, because we don't filter, we will wait till the the, the yeast settles. So right. this could well, yeah. Man, this is really good. It's like every sip, it's sort of, I feel like it's like changing in the, um, the flavor profile. It's definitely getting more and more caramel that's coming through, yeah. but super balanced. That's good to hear because that's that's the purpose of it because maybe at the first sip, you, you'll taste something like very clearly that, that that beer tastes like this. And then you forget about it because uh, you have something else to eat. You're, you're talking with your friends. But every sip, you, you have something something new and so yeah. it's... It's alive, and you you can finish your your, your glass and say, mm, like my my palate is uh, is ready for another beer. Yeah, that's probably that's a great point. What are the hops in this one, by the way? It's a uh, Spalt and uh, Magnum. Magnum is a German, uh, very uh, bitter, uh, bitter focused, yeah. uh, and Spalt is a very uh, classical, noble uh, German hop. Yeah. Okay. And, um. And- cannot taste them that much too because right. they. they very uh, low profile in that beer. Okay, that makes sense. Um, Mike, just comment, Mike is Beer Brit MTL. Shouts to you, Mike. He said, love everything Silo have been doing recently. Those cans are so slick. 
he's been one of the people I've seen uh, raving online uh, about mm. everything you're doing, man. So I really think, I think this is super interesting because you've, it's like this project kind of like people knew about it, but I feel like it kind of almost went under the radar a bit. Um, and Quebec had been a lot um, slower to pick up on like the, this trend of all the, you know, the real traditional lagers and pilsers and stuff like that. And um, I feel like last, I think it was last year you, and this is really where I'm getting at here. Last year you went to Germany, I think in the Czech Republic. Is that accurate? Last summer? Yeah. yeah. Uh, last May, yeah. Okay. And there's a bunch yeah. of... Summer before when we, when we could travel. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. 2019. That's what I meant. Sorry. Um, I, I noticed there was a bunch of people from Quebec who went to Europe yeah. and did all these trips. It was, there was like this um, resurgence of, of all these Quebec brewers and people involved in the beer scene went out there, checked out all the real, you know, how the traditional stuff is done and then finally brought that stuff back to Quebec. And now there's like a bunch of exceptional beers like this traditional Czech beers and German beers and things like that. So tell me why you went out there and what you sort of learned and how that inspired the beers that you're making at Silo. Yeah, there's so many things to 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 say about this, but uh, first, I, I went to Germany uh, the first time in 2008. So uh, I went to uh, Dusseldorf and uh, Cologne and, and Bamberg, uh, which is uh, in Frankfurt, north of uh, Munich. Mm-hmm. And Munich. So all the, the cities are very important for, for beer. Not all, but uh, the, probably the main one. And it really changed uh, my, uh, my way of... Uh, I, I was brewing uh, Kölsch and Alt at home, but I was brewing uh, all, all styles of beers that could exist because I was a home brewer, so I, I wanted to try everything. And we were staying uh, for a few months in uh, in a city near near uh, Brussels, and we, we, we made trips to uh, a few places. And Germany just blew me away because I didn't expect that that, that level of... Uh, of uh, Quality and care and and love for uh, for food and and drinks and and beer. Uh, so it was, uh, the big sur- the biggest surprise was the food. It, it wow. looks looks not that. <laughs> People are just joking about German food, but it's just so delicious. Uh, that you 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 change your perspective and you and the the beer is the same thing. You go to a bar in Cologne and uh, uh, there's a long list. But there's only one beer at the top. It's the only way to, to order a beer is to say "Ein Bier" because there's no other beers. So you just take it, and this is the beer for that place. And so it, it was such a relief to to go to a place and not have anxiety about doing the right choice. Like right. Oh, there's so things I have to 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 taste. What am I gonna choose? And and you finish with a bunch of barley wines and all that's <laughs> possible to drink on your table. But and then you go to Germany and and just beer are drinkable. Okay. And this is a, a big shift from other places. The beers are drinkable and it and it just uh, integrated with the the culture and with the people. And and everybody loves beer. And if you go to any bar, uh, you can speak with your the, the people uh, around you. And uh, everywhere there's big tables. And it's just a cultural, completely uh, different uh, from uh, a culture, completely completely different from from here. And they they love beer, but they don't uh, bother that much to know everything. 
Mm. So this year, uh, 10 years after this, uh, I, I went to, to Prague because uh, I've never been to uh, Czech Republic and uh, I've been brewing uh, Czech Pilsner for a while and I thought I was uh, doing it right. But mm-hmm. the thing is that it's very hard to to, have, to discern what is a good traditional style and what isn't mm-hmm. when you're seated in, in Quebec or in the United States and everybody just claim that they know, claim that they, they do their thing and, and it's traditional or, or anything, but you cannot know. So going there is and having your own uh, experience is, uh, it, it's, it's, it's shift uh, my mind. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so 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 I've been to Prague and uh, Bamberg last summer and uh, it was a very very nice trip. Yeah. Okay. So did you go back to get inspiration for what you wanted to do for Silo or was it just like a personal? Yeah, I'd say that I I um, yeah, you know in 2011 I started my uh, my my new brewery La Sucursale with uh, a Kirsch. Uh, an odd beer and a bitter and a porter. So right. I would say that my mind uh, is like set for a, a few years uh, now. But so I I already knew what I was looking for, but I wanted to have confirmation and to to really uh, have the taste and to see how how they serve it because the, the the technique of serving the beer is so different from here and. And the taste, like the, the drinkability, you you have to, to 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 go there and taste it again, and just to be uh, to confirm that it needs to be more and more drinkable that, that than what we are used to to drink here. Right. So when you went there, you actually got to. I, I imagine you went to Pilsner Raquel and yeah, that's like that, right? So when you were trying, like, what was that like trying those beers? Like from the source, I know they have that underground cave thing. I think I might have seen your photos. Actually, you were posting that. Um, yeah. I was following along pretty closely because there was a bunch. Like I know Alex from Charlie went there with um, PR. I think from Francis from Harakana and stuff. Yeah. You were there. There's probably a bunch of other people. So I was like really starting to get interested in those styles last summer and watching, seeing where you guys were, I was like, yo, this looks crazy. Like, it looked such a different experience than what we're used to over here for a brewery visit, right? So, it yeah, it's crazy. This place is a pilgrimage because it was built in 1842. Uh, it's the first uh, pale lager in the world. And, and what we have... Uh, grown to, to know uh, to what, what is a beer right now we, we will say that it's a pale lager like 95% of people just associate beer with pale lager and everything goes from Pisner Aquel and slowly drops in flavor until we have like course life so <laughs> it's like this it's the story of the, the, the past 200 years uh, so it's a. It's really nice to go there, and uh, it was a very big surprise for me because I didn't think about Pilsner Urquell uh, as a good beer mm. uh, because I taste the bottle version here, and what left what was left for me is was a, a very uh, bitter, uh, sweet and syrupy uh, like malt extract taste uh, of a of a lager, and I didn't pay attention uh, enough to it. And uh, when I've been to this place, uh, and not not that much Pilsner Quell in itself, but the, the, the bars in Prague that serve it unfiltered, uh, 
uh, on tap with the Lucar tap with the big foam with the 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 the, the buck with all that foam and and the, the ambiance it, it really blew my mind because this is like the best beer in the world it is right. super, super sweet super bitter uh, it has lots of up aroma but uh, multi at the same time it has all those uh, character that seems to not fit at all and it at the same time it is the most drinkable beer in, in all so right. it, it was a very very big surprise because this this just it doesn't work but when you taste it it's uh, it's the best thing mm. and uh, about the 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 underground caves that they have. Uh, this is a folk folkloric uh, thing because they don't use it uh, really. <clears throat> and they use a um, wood barrel with pitch. Uh, it's a, some kind of paraffin or something that that uh, so the beer doesn't touch the wood. Mm. So it really is a, an ancient way of doing it because the, the, the underground are so cold. It's around eight degrees. Okay. Uh, so you have a, a Pilsner quill that is um, quite weird i would say people are raving about it but uh i, I must say that it was a nice experience but it's not the best uh pilsner quill that i've tasted personally uh, for my taste it was uh, almost funky and it was cloudy and uh, it, it, it was not carbonated uh, as much as i uh, would have liked and uh, so this is kind of a tourist uh, thing i i would say <laughs> but, right yeah <laughs> Like you gotta, you gotta do it. I just burst your bubble. Yeah, I know. It's like, oh man, <laughs> you but know it's a great experience. It's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful brewery, and it's a, it's a great tour because it's so uh, impressive. Yeah. Okay. It's so historic. Yes, exactly right. And we, we obviously don't have that stuff out here, so it's just you know fascinating. Like I haven't traveled to Europe since being into beer. We're supposed to be there a couple months ago, but you know, you know how that goes. Um, so. During that trip, was there any specific beer or a specific brewery or something that inspired what you ended up brewing for Silo in the end? I mean, obviously, you knew what you were going to make. You went back there to see it from the source. You'd been making these beers since 2011. But was there anything that you blew your mind? Or I know you said that you thought you were making a good Czech Pilsner, but after you tried it again there, you're like, oh, no, I'm... I'm a bit off. Like, yeah, tell us about any experiences that you were like, wow, like this is, and this is why one of your beers exists. Yeah, uh, I would, it's it's hard to say because uh, the, 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 the Pilsner Quill experience was, the, the, the tasting of that beer was such a revelation for me that it, it just. That was the one. Yeah, that could be the one. Yeah. Everything in, in that trip. And uh, uh, I, I wouldn't say that the, the Pilsner that was I was doing before was not good. It's not that. It's just because I, I was missing some some important character that I wouldn't have the, 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 the guts to, to use. But right now I know what what it's supposed to taste, so I can I can tweak and change my process to uh, to achieve something that I uh, wouldn't uh, have done before this trip. So the the, the Louvain, which uh, you, you ta- you've tasted uh, yesterday, yes. is really based on this. So it's a very bit bittersweet uh, caramel and malty and uh, and very bitter uh, beer with a lot of ups. But yeah, well, it, it's like a, it's the it's the idea that I have in my head that that I'm working toward to to get to. And okay. now it's the it's the fifth uh, brew and. I'm quite. I'm almost there, but uh, it's like a an idea. So right. 
So I'm chasing this. And I would say that Bamberg is always a mind opening because Bamberg is such a, a beautiful, small, such a small city with so many beers and so many, um, again, it's the, it's the cultural way of, uh, of, of drinking beers with family and friends and with big outdoor seating that is so different that, that, uh, that what we're used to. And, uh, and the beer are just, again, very drinkable. And uh, there's no revelation or things that I really want to do uh, like them because it's so, uh, so diverse. Mm. But uh, yeah, for sure, I, I will I will uh, come with a Franconian style lager in the in the next year. That's for sure. Okay. Um, excuse my ignorance. What is a Franconian style lager? That is an excellent question, and <laughs> that is one question that I'm asking myself uh, a lot because lager as one the, the the base of the lagers is that that they are all clean. Uh, okay. they, 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 Yeast wise, they, they, they taste almost the same, and they, uh, they, a lot of those styles are uh, low in ups and uh, with a multi profile that will shift uh, subtly from one to another. And it's, it's very hard to say. And yeah, now you can t- taste a few uh, Franconian or Keller beers that uh, call oh, it Keller beers. Skype, uh, wait, there we go, he's back, come on, man, Skype, you are just misbehaving this evening, you're disrespecting JP's fantastic beers in the conversation, now, oh, oh, I imagine you can't hear me, sir, oh, people, shout outs to COVID, Come on. Oh, you back? We got you. Oh. We good. Did you hear me or I have to uh, do it again? I think you have to do it again. I think you said it's, it's something about a Keller beer, and then I said, um, I'm like, is it a, like a Franconian lager? Is it a Keller beer? Yes. And then- so we know more uh, the, the term Keller beer. Keller beer. And um, yeah, the, the Franconian's lager, as I said, are, are quite diverse, but they, they all have some kind of rustic feel and when we were talking about Keller beer, uh, usually they are unfiltered. We'll have a, a small yeast bite, and they, they can or cannot be uh, more bitter, and they can be amber or pale, or uh, Keller beer could be anything. Uh, usually, we use the term Keller beer because uh, we uh, we have a, a barrel on the, on the, the countertop that we, we serve with gravity, like an English cask, cask ale. Okay. Uh, it's usually a beer that is uh, unfiltered and uh, and um, with no, not too much carbonation. But now we use the, the term Keller beer, Keller beer here in Quebec uh, because people get to know it and uh, we know that we're talking about a rustic lager. But okay, and uh, it's a great uh, discussion that we could could have. But right. I, I'm not familiar with all the subtlety of this. Mm. Uh, What's the, the difference between a, a Franconian amber lager and uh, a Vienna or a, a Merzen? Or a, it, it's all very close to each other, and you you. That's why I, I'm I, I must be careful because I don't want to have like ten lagers that are all alike. Mm-hmm. Uh, only a difference in the name. Right. Okay. 
on that note, actually, the one beer from the, the four beers that you gave me, they are they like how many beers do you have right now on the silo lineup? I have four. Four. So the, obviously the one beer that surprised me was the IPA with guava. But was that – did we have something like that? Did you have something at like Lesoka style? Because that feels familiar to me. Or maybe there was an IPA with a fruit in it that you had that was really good. Uh, yeah. In the last years, we've been making a mango IPA. We've, okay. we've made a guava IPA too. It's not quite the same, but uh, – Similar-ish concept. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I do a lot of different styles. Right now, I'm focusing because all, all sorts of reason. But uh, yeah, I've made a few uh, New England style IPAs, and and this for Silo? for uh, La Scursale and Bira. Okay. But uh, usually, I, I like them to be um, fairly dry and bitter. So this is the the, the guava IPA is a. Uh, is um, hazy. Uh, it has a strong tropical fruit notes, but it's uh, dry and bitter. So it's uh, quite different than uh, the, the, the um, hazy IPA that we have uh, right now. Okay, because I know that that wasn't your thing. You, you know, we were joking about that at the Sokasal interview that you know you weren't. I was like, you know, that was when I was in my discovery phase of uh, New England's because they weren't really super common in Canada at the time. And I know you weren't super into it, which is when I saw. Uh, the beers that you're doing now, I was like, oh, this makes complete sense. Um, are you? What sort of beers will can people expect from Silo in general? Because now it's more like I thought it was the crispies, you know, all the lagers and pilsers and the alts and all this fun kind of like, you know, European traditional. Not always, I imagine, but mostly. But then you got a, a, a guava IPA alongside this, so I imagine it's going to be more eclectic than I first thought for Silo. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting comment because I I get this um, uh, thinking a lot. I I'm thinking about what what should I do next, and uh, one of the things that I would like to do is to do a, a double dry up IPA, and I'm like I, I'm not sure if I want to do it because uh, it's it kind of confused the uh, the brand uh, mm. because I always uh, look for uh, for balance in uh, AZ IPAs like people uh, are used to like and to know uh, are not on the balanced side. No. Uh, not at all. They are always on the sweet side. And what people like is uh, sweet, fruity, uh, and uh, yeah, like easy to, to appreciate a few sips. Yeah. Uh, very fruity and, and sweet, but, but I would like to do it. But uh, then I, I'm not sure if it's too confusing, but at, at the same at the same time, uh, and you you know them if you if you think about uh, Bacanada or Messarin, other things. Oh, hello. Oh, that's that's the uh, that's the Uber Eats. <laughs> okay, it's time to. They're a bit. Uh, that's okay. We got some time. They, we ordered it. Early. So, so the 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 the, the very uh, the, the, the breweries that has a lot of hypes because of their uh, double dry up IPAs and uh, and sour smoothie and all those things uh, they brew they brew lagers yes they do and nobody uh, has any comment to say about why do they brew lagers uh, because it's completely normal if they want to brew a lager they brew a lager and what's the arm in that but on the reverse, when we have uh, uh, brewers that are making traditional beers, 
we tend to um, be suspicious when they're doing uh, trendy beers, like like if we're thinking, oh, those guys, they cannot uh, sell enough with their normal line, lineup, so they just uh, try, try to grip a little bit of the hype that they don't like. So so it's very hard to uh, to get on board of the, on this because of the uh, perspective, the, the perception of, of people. But I think you, every brewer has the right to, to make any beer if you want, but the, the only thing is that I think that the same goes for, for people that try to, to, to do a kölsch uh, because they think it's trendy. Just, just do your research uh, and and think about what you're doing and and, uh, and brew a great beer. And that's all. Right. Uh, what am I going to do next? Uh, great beers. Great beers. Yes. Okay. That's that's a fair point. To, to give you maybe some context on the hype side, the reason why a lot of the hype breweries do lagers is because technically now I would put like a dry hop lager or a well-made traditional lager, even with the slow pour, you know, like with the, not always the Luca, but like the, you know, the big fluffy head, that's become a hype thing. It's, it's, and I, and to be honest, I think that's why I started appreciating them. Right. So I've always been into the haze since I think late 2016 and it was super hard to find here. And to be honest, Canada wasn't doing a bunch of it really well early on. Quebec didn't really have much at all. Uh, now I think Quebec is making the best beer in the country. I think Quebec has is, is nailed every style here from the, from the lager side. Quebec was missing it for me. Um, the lager side, the really, really good traditional lagers, and they were missing the, the hype, the trendy stuff. No one was doing it until the last year, year and a half. Um, now we have everything good. And for some, yeah, because of the, the – it's like the brewers who are making the hype stuff I can only think of it's probably like the American ones influenced us. Say like we used to go to, well, before you could, you know, when you could travel, we'd go to Other Half in Brooklyn and they'd have 27 IPAs and then one Hellas Lager. Oh, fuck. Not again. Skype, come on, man. We're trying to talk. You'll come back in a second. Gosh darn it. But yes, whilst I'm waiting for JP to come back, this is fucking fire, bro. I'm loving these two beers right here. I'm excited to try more from uh, from. Sorry, at least I've had the, the, the three crispies or the three traditional style beers right now. Um, hearing about the guava IPA sounds really interesting too. That was like I said, it was just sort of like that one that took me by surprise when I was talking to um, someone. Told me they got some silo. I'm like, oh, what did you get? And they're like, oh, guava IPA. I was like, what? It really like surprised me that that's what they were doing. So these three crispies are just. On point, and since I've you know known JP, one of the things that I remember from the Circus Out interview. Oh, hang on, maybe he's coming back. One cancel. Shit. Oh, why is he calling the phone? Oh, here we go. There you hey. are. Hi again. God, man, God, Skype is a new Skype subscription. I know, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, okay, so I was just saying that the I think when I was at Other Half and they had just a Hellas on top of a million IPAs and maybe some pastry stouts and stuff, that got me curious. Then I'd go, you know, I, I remember going to Torst in Brooklyn as well and they had a Suarez family slow pour Pilsner. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? And that blew, I, I was like, what the fuck is this? This is ridiculous. Like it blew my mind can be Instagramable, Instagramable, Instagramable right? 
I, I think that's <laughs> I part of it. It's on my Instagram. I want it. Yeah, exactly. But I was just trying it because I, I knew that brewery. That's all they had from Suarez family. I never had them before. So I tried, and I remember that just like I just never experienced the slow pour before. And now I think that's that's part of it. It's almost like the brewers who are making the hype stuff just wanted to make a lager. They started doing it and then it kind of became a thing. So that's why Masorum, why Brewski, why Bar Canada, why all those guys make those beers. To comment on what you were saying though, you make an interesting point that people would be like, oh, well, why is Silo making a, a, a hazy IPA, blah, blah, blah. I think that's that's not fair. If people are saying that, I think you are correct. It's kind of dumb. But I remember one thing. I was just starting to say while the Skype was reconnecting. I was saying I remember when we did our interview in twenty in, at the Circus Cell, and you you had a New England IPA. It was kind of opaque, and you were like, "Yeah, I made it more balanced." And I think the the thing about New England IPAs, they're not about like you just said before. They're just not balanced. They're not balanced because they're supposed yeah. to be. Just yeah. blah, chuck all the hops in, like fuck yeah, blah, you know. And it's not time for me. It took time for me to understand this, but uh, yeah. uh, if you remember a while ago, uh, we were talking about uh, the, the style of beer that was supposed to be pioneered by uh, the alchemist. Yeah, the mono IPAs. Yes, think back uh, the alchemist, uh, the uh, the um, obby, uh, Heady 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 Yeah, yeah. This is uh, <laughs> a dry, bitter beer. It is. And yeah. And we, we were when I test taste first the uh, Eddie Topper in like 2000 I don't know 13 I, I don't know and I, I say oh that's why people like it because it's less bitter than what what we have now and it and for a few years I was saying to everybody stop liking the bitter because the, in 2010 11 12 people were just more the bitterer is yeah. the best <laughs> yeah. Everything was more bitter and more bitter, and I was doing balanced beer, and and people were telling me it's not it's not enough bitter, it's not enough bitter, and then Eddie Topper came with the less bitter beer, and it was all the the the, the, the crazy uh, lineups for this for this beer, and when you think back, this is this is not a New England IPA uh, like no, it's a Vermont not, IPA. It's not it's not at all, but uh, it's supposed to. So I, I was. Still in that minding at that time, and now I understand that uh, this style is focused on on the extreme, and that beer yes. has always uh, goes gone to the extreme, and it will always be. And before that, it was it was very bitter, and then it was very very sour, and a sour beer, and uh, now it's very very sweet uh, and fruity, and and we're gonna go. Where are we going next? I don't know, but it's always it always is gonna be in the extremes yeah. and people go there because uh, you you said earlier that people go uh, start with uh, traditional styles but i think that's not true and from the from the beginning people that came from um, tra- traditional um, uh, mainstream laggers they want to have the, the opposite extreme they mm. they like Black beer, or they like they like uh, Belgian beer, and then the, the super bitter and the IPAs, and and they all or the barrel aged, and they they want to be completely um, depaysy. How do you say that? Um, <laughs> is it just like they they only want the extreme stuff? Yeah, they, they want something else. They want to something com- completely different that that than, than different than what they know, and then right. they come to wow, uh, there, there's something good about beer that is a little bit toned down and like I can have a paint and another 
so for for bigger beer geeks, I think this is just a normal uh, normal path, and uh, we'll always need uh, the extreme styles like. Right now, the double dry up sweet IPA. We need them to get a lot of new people to like beer, and then they're gonna branch to other things. Yes, yeah, you're right. With beer that I do, they they are very uh, approachable. So, so my mother can just she she's not a beer geek, but she can like the Saint Laurent. Yeah, a lot. So this this can replace. So like she has a Molson course, whatever, and I take this from her and give her a crafty version and she's happy. Right. So this is what I do. Yeah. No, you've definitely hit that market. Uh, Daniel's saying Canada needs more cask beers. That's what we were talking about before. And Mike <laughs> says 2020 hashtag year of the lager. I, look, I think you're right, bro. It is. Um, you make a good point there. New England IPAs have converted more of my friends than any other style. I guess what I was commenting on, and you are correct, I was thinking 10 years ago, drinking, I thought I was fancy back in the day, drinking, like in Australia when I was like 20 years old, drinking, I don't know, like macro lagers from all over the world. I go by Kilmes from Argentina or fucking, they could have Cristal from Cuba in Australia for some reason. Like you were curious. Yeah, yeah, always curious. you, You drank what was available. I drank what was available, but I went out of my way to pay more money to get more interesting stuff in hindsight. Now I think of it and I started drinking some of the local pale ales that were easily available. And I thought a pale ale that that was crazy bit. I was like, wow, this is crazy. And this was long before I did this. This was like in like probably 15 years ago. And I started this thing in 2011. So I always forget that I was doing that before. And then going into this was kind of more intentional and the reason why I started with traditional stuff, I, was, I wasn't really going too far outside of like lagers and stuff like that. But when I did the, the stupid photo thing and I had to get 365 beers in a year, I was like, well, there isn't 365 beers. So whatever. <laughs> yeah. Little did I know. The beer shop just there. Yeah, exactly. I went to the, I was in Toronto. I, lived, I went to the LCBO across the street. And we just, and what did we get first? Well, I went, I got every single lager from Europe, every single Tuborg and Grosch and like blah, blah, blah. I got one of everything every time. And then I got through those. I'm like, man, these are fucking boring. Like I'm so over this. Then I started going to Red Ales and then I went to Bose and Wellington and Muskoka, like the other local ones. And I was like, oh, wow, what the hell is this? What the hell is this? I'm discovering all these styles because I had to take a picture of them. So it made me discover it. So I went on that thing. And then I, someone told me about West Vleteran or West Vleteran, however you say it. So we went to a bar and spent 40 bucks on a bottle and split it. And I was like, what the f-? Like it blew my mind. So then I was on my Belgian tip and I loved all the Belgian beers. And then years, a few years later, you know, then the, the bitter West Coast IPAs, I wanted the palate wrecker that ruined my face. And so, yeah. So yeah. like nowadays though, you are correct. People will go and they'll have a double dry hopped IPA that might not be 10, like nine, 8%, might be like 6%. And they're like, oh, wow, this is fruity. I know that all, you know, like some of Tiff's friends, I remember being at breweries with them and she doesn't drink beer. This one girl specifically, I remember I gave her some of my beer. She's like, this is amazing. What the hell is this? And maybe she was a wine drinker and doesn't really drink beer. And that could have changed her into to doing that. So I've noticed that those New England IPAs definitely play a role. And then you are correct. It will get them into it. And if they get into it, then they'll start exploring. 
and they'll find stuff like this, you know. And that's the great thing about beer that we can, we can, we have so much tools uh, that we can use. We can use sourness very easy, easily now. We can use the the, the barrel aged. We can use the sweetness, the the the, the bitterness. We we have so many tools. It's uh, very easy to get people to like beer because there's something for everyone, and it, yeah. it always has been. But now, uh, like every corner brewery, just makes everything. So you can always ask questions to people and say, maybe you will like this one. If you don't like this, maybe you will like this. And so. Mm. So we don't have any uh, excuses to uh, to get people to like beer mm. uh, on the taste side, anyway. Yeah, no, that's it is that's true, right? Um, I'd love to see you go crazy and make an extreme double dry hop New England IPA just to see just to see I what. Better, better not miss. That's the point. <laughs> I just I'm like, oh man, if I do this, it better be. <laughs> you, I, I bet you could. Like, I think. Arguably, it's harder to brew the Louvain than it would be to do a New England IPA. Is that accurate? Yeah, there's, uh, there's so much to that question because I think that a lot of people, like I, I said earlier with the Kulsch, uh, a lot of people just brew beer with like, oh, yeah, we'll do lager, Pilsner malt, lager yeast, whatever. Uh, they don't put too, that much thought in it. And mm. it can produce a good beer, but... Will it be exceptional, and will you be able to do it again and again, uh, the same, the same way with the same, the same result? Will it, will it have the the level of finesse that that people should be expecting from uh, uh, modern microbreweries? So that is the question. I'll leave it there. Yeah. Uh, but doing a new uh, a double dry up IPA or New England IPA. I, I've been visiting a lot of, and I'll, I'll talk about the United States brewery right now because I don't want um, get, uh, to get to talk about people that I know. Uh, but I was in, uh, uh, two years ago, I was uh, I had two trips uh, in the New England IPA uh, area. So we went to a lot of very good lagers brewery like Suarez, uh, like Nutch, and uh, like um, Schilling Brewing. And... It was amazing, but we we've, we've saw a, a few uh, very uh, trendy uh, New England IPA uh, places and sour, sour fruity beers. And a lot of the New England IPA just tastes like rotten cabbage and carrots. Uh, <laughs> th- this is a shame because I, I don't know what, what are you thinking? Uh, so I think that's not that easy that we can take. Making a sweet beer is easy because you go to the extreme, you, you mash high, you don't put any butter, bitterness, and you put a lot of uh, everything you can find. Uh, this is one thing. But to, to make a very good uh, New England IPA with no no off flavors and uh, with uh, only the tropical fruits and no onion uh, aroma and, and all of this uh, with lots and lots and lots of ups, I think that the, those that uh, succeed at this, they, they know what they do. Uh, yeah. If they can consistently do it, uh, they're good. They, they just, it's not just that they're easy. It's easy to put everything in the kettle that they, they, they have knowledge. Uh, yeah. You cannot try to make beer with just pouring things in the, in the kettle. Yeah. Uh, there's a science uh, between the, uh, with, with that and we, we we're becoming more and more aware of that you can read books about this you can listen to podcasts and we know 
a lot of what's going on in those beer now and the, the, the best brewers that the, the, they do it the right way. Yeah. But after so many things that were. Skype. Uh, it just keeps stopping. It's never like how many. This is like episode Skype, 31. Maybe. Since it hasn't happened. It keeps like cutting out. Either way. Maybe the brewery itself doesn't. Yeah, it could be maybe just the because it's like a commercial Wi-Fi and it's probably. I mean, there's no one else there, obviously, but it's taking a lot of video. Sorry, guys. Shit happens, you know. We out here. We do what we can. I'm gonna. There we go. He's back. Hey, hi again. There we go. I guess Skype is just not not loving us tonight, eh? Yeah. Not too much fun. Um, good points on the last thing. Did you want to do something from Bira? Yeah. Which one? What do you want to do? It's the, the uh, let's clean our palate with uh, the the Jeanette. Jeanette, perfect. Yeah. Which is a sour bay. Oh, Dan, can you get me one? It's on the bottom shelf. It's called Jeanette. J G I N E W T E. This is funny. You have to spell it. I have to spell it because Dan is yeah. from in from England, so he doesn't. He's not familiar with all the Quebec stuff yet. He's learning, you know. So Jeanette is a sour, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was saying that you need to get a, a francophone roommate. Or yeah, assistant <laughs> or something. <laughs> that might be uh, that might be easier. I yeah. think that would so, say. So Jeanette is a kettle sour. So it's a, a beer that is just a little bit sour. Uh, the 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 nice thing with the kettle sour is that. It's it's a modern technique that we can use to get acidity in the wort before the fermentation. So sometimes people just um, call them uh, Berliner Weiss, which I think is wrong because Berliner Weiss should be done uh, with the fermentation of uh, la- la- lacto and petio uh, bacteria. Yes, no, you're right. Sorry, I have I had an IPA glass and I was going to put it in here and I, I it's ridiculous. I can't do that. All right. Why? Because it's it's. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you use the the glass you want. No, I saw your glass and I was like, oh, I need to do something similar uh, to yours. Close. So uh, yeah, and I and I changed. <laughs> you changed it. <laughs> yeah. So kettle sour is nice because you can just use it as a tool uh, to get acidity in a beer without uh, the funkiness. So it it, it stays clean uh, with a little bit of lemony uh, aroma. And this beer is just a little bit sour. So if if someone likes the very sour stuff, uh, he's not going to be uh, liking this it's one a bit too much. Fun, right? It's a bit more chill. Yeah. Okay. Right. Oh. <laughs> so this, I love the uh, the branding of of beer, man. Like it's really cool. I've never seen it before. I guess because it's all pretty new. Yeah. So this is uh, Wina, my uh, girlfriend and partner in Bira, that uh, chose the color. So all the beers as uh, different uh, different colors. They're like cool patterns and stuff. And I don't know if you can see them. Yeah. There you go. It's like nice, like sort of geometric patterns and stuff. Very s- simple. Ah, it all joins up. Nice. Thank you. Uh, at, at first, we we've been on the market with the bob, and people were uh, were telling me ah, this is very minimal, and I was like, oh, you've seen nothing. We're <laughs> <laughs> coming with this. Yeah. It does not get any more minimal than that. Yeah. 
What's um? What are the hops in this one, man? Uh, so this is just uh, so I don't say nothing. Um, it's not there. It's um, man, I have a blank. It's uh, uh, it's Amarillo and uh, Mosaic. Amarillo and Mosaic. Let me write this down. So it's very low in alcohol. So it, yes. it has a little bit of body, a little bit of sweetness, and a little bit of acidity. So it's very balanced again, but it's uh, very low in alcohol. So uh, okay. it doesn't scrape. Uh, no, it's uh, it's nice. It's um, uh, super lemony, as you said. I like the uh, the lemon vibes. Really subtle. It's- so it's not that malty. It's more on the yeah lemonade thing. It really is um, not watery, but kind of sweet sour. Yeah, it's super light, but yeah, I wouldn't say watery. It's like it's nice and um, it's three point five percent, right? So you can only do so much yeah. with the body. Very, very mm. low. Yeah, usually we we do we do um, low alcohol beer with uh, caramel malts and things to, to uh, up the body and have something more consistent. But then this is the point is to do something very very light. Right. No, I like this. This is this is nice. Is this a newer beer or is this something you've had around for a while? We had it for uh, two or three years now. But, okay. Uh, so yeah. So but we were weren't making it uh, ourselves. Okay. Right. And were you contracting out of uh, my brasserie or something like that? Yeah, that's right. We, we had uh, four uh, fermenters there. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you moved. And now you do all the beer and all the silo stuff at silo now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100% of the production is now. <laughs> but uh, now there. Maybe here. No, that's great. So, oh, Sean is in. Shout out to Sean. I haven't seen Sean for a minute. He's coming through. Um. Okay, so maybe just for people who, who don't know, tell us about Bira. It's, it's a very interesting concept as well. Um, maybe just because I know there's a whole other episode, but maybe just tell people how Bira came about, what you guys you guys do there, so we can give them some context for, for this beer. Uh, well, at first we, uh, we, we were uh, uh, participating in the cooperative Nabrasserie. Okay. So we had the opportunity to make beer for another bar. So uh, we decided to open this bar. So we call it uh, Bar à Bière Maison. So we have uh, house beers, uh, but we, we weren't making it uh, on site. So sometimes you can you see bars that are calling themselves breweries, but they just have their beer, but they're not doing it. Uh, so we wanted to be fair with people and saying uh, clearly that we're not brewers, but we are brewers, but we are not a brewery. Right. So there's a distinction there, because I believe so much in the the the, the brewer's work that uh, you have that you have to build a brewery and to, to conception conceptualize the, the brewery and to, to run it and to clean. It. No, Skype man, why fuck? Shout out to everybody who's sticking around on the live and uh, on the audio. I just think it must. It has to be because of uh, the brewery. Just maybe not like enjoying this level of suction on its uh, bandwidth. Uh, we just ordered. Oh, here we go. He's back. There we go. Back. We got gotcha. you, man. It's it's Making okay. Making me speak in English and I have to repeat all the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Can you can you put subtitle and I speak French? Yeah. What? <laughs> You just speak, and I'll, I'll translate. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Could you that? Oh, it's going to be a long night. I've done an interview like that before on a radio, on a French radio station when I was like with my music. And they would ask me the question in English and then I would answer in English and then he would translate what I just said in French. It took, oh. it took a while. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was talking about Bira. And so, yeah, we wanted a bar in this, the Little Italy and uh, we wanted our own beers. Uh, and the, the, the menu is part uh, house beers and uh, lots of breweries that we prefer in, in Quebec. So we're working with a small, relatively small uh, amounts of breweries that uh, we know that it's always uh, good, good quality. And um, that's it. The, it's simple as that. It's, it's a bar. Right. Okay. So it's more of a bar. It's in Little Italy, as you said. Uh, on the corner of Saint Laurent and Jean Talon, so it's a really uh, great spot. It's not too far from Harakana, up the road from vice versa. Um, I always usually tell people if they well back before people could visit, you know, when people could visit the town, I always always tell people you could do like a nice little circle up there, whether you sort of went due to CL, vice versa, Bira, Harakana, if you want to do that, Helm, maybe Cibois, something like that. There's a whole bunch in this area, and it makes a, a brewery crawl super easy. And you guys have uh, amazing food as well at, at Bira. Yeah. Um, and it's just this really cool vibe. Like the last time I was there, I think it was one of the anniversary parties. Actually, it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, it's, I, I, haven't, I, I haven't been out. We never in Montreal. Just the fuck to, we were never in Montreal. And then now COVID, like this is the most we've been in Montreal since we've lived here. Yeah, we but just, you cannot go out. <laughs> and now you can't go out. So it's sort of like nice to be home. But yeah, terrible because yeah. we can't go anywhere. Um, right. But on my desk, I have the coasters uh, from the three-year. Actually, Dan, keep oh, it. Yeah, it's been a while. We're going to have uh, the, the, the fifth year in January. Oh, really? Lower. The, there we go. Look at that. <laughs> I cannot see it. You can't see it? Oh, here yeah, we go. I'm saying you. You're, I was showing the camera. Can you see that? Yeah, that's right. Yes. Oh, no, this time we don't see the same thing. Yeah, no, because I've got the the people that are seeing <laughs> the big hour and a half to understand the <laughs> camera. Oh <laughs> uh, no, there's a camera for the people and there's the computer for you. So you see, we see different things. But yeah, Thanks. so that was uh, that was the uh, that was last year, or the year before. Is that 2018? Two years ago. Uh, Fuck. Years ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, we I, had our third, fourth. I must have been back last year, and uh, we were going on the fifth uh, this January. Coming. Okay, no. So then it was like yeah. 2019 we went. Okay. So probably we'll miss it uh, this year to now again because we're probably <laughs> going to be closed again. Man, it's 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 so crazy. It's so it's so wild. But it's just like yeah, beer is a really cool place. I really enjoy what you've done there. You got a wicked patio for the summer. Like the actual outdoor terraces are uh, is huge and it's always popping. It's always super busy. So it's uh, you know. It's one of those sort of neighborhood bars that, like, have, like you said, I enjoyed the fact that it was because um, I, I went there a couple of times before we did any podcasts or anything. So I'd been there and had a night there and stuff like that. And I liked that you got your own beers and you always had, you know, you rounded out the menu with, you know, maybe you didn't have a stout, so you had some Judiciel or something like that. Like it was, it was very cool. It was, uh, well, it is not. It was. It was. It's a cool place. Like you think it was because everything, <laughs> everything's <think> it's finished. <laughs> far from, far from. We have a lot of uh, New England IPAs too. So, <laughs> new, so do you really? Yeah, yeah, we do. Oh we wow, do, uh, lots of IPAs and lots of sours and. Uh, okay. 
yeah so it's that, that's what uh, what's available <laughs> I, sure. okay i mean i guess that makes sense so are you telling me sir that you have come around on new england ipas or are you saying that you're reluctant still no, I think, uh, as I said earlier, I think it's nice to have uh, diverse diversity. Okay. Uh, it's a great, uh, I think some people just like this, uh, like sweet beer. Yeah. I, I must admit, to be honest, that sweet, sweet beers are not what I prefer, but uh, I like it once in a while. Okay. What's your... I, it's, I don't think as this this beer, as a, uh, this style, as a beer that you can... Like down a few pints with your friends, uh, I think it becomes cloying uh, a little bit too fast. But I know that That's some people fair. just uh, drink this uh, days and night. But yeah, I think it's a good beer, like like a barley wine. I wouldn't take two. It's, yeah, for me it's, yeah. I, I strangely enough, I agree with you. I usually find that I would do like a lighter if I'm having a night. I would always do like a crispy or something to start. I'd have like a, a pale layer or an, like, you know, five to 7%. Then I have a double and then I go into a sour or a stout or something. So it's sort of, and then by the time I have the second hazy beer, I'm like, all right, that's, that's, that's yeah, enough. But people tend to, tend to uh, think that I don't like IPA, which is completely wrong because I like IPAs. I, li- I like, I prefer balanced IPA. Okay. But that said, I like when I go to, uh, to Boston, the Boston area, I'm going to, uh, make the lineup to uh, to Trillium, and I'm I'm gonna go to Treehouse. Uh, drive an hour to go buy beers at Treehouse, and I'll, I'll come back with a 24 of Treehouse to drink on my couch. Uh, but at the same time, I'm gonna go to Suarez and Nutch and, uh, and other great places that has uh, Lucar Tap and um, great uh, clean lagers. Right. So it sounds like you and I are both misunderstood. People don't know. I like the crispy boys. People don't know that you like the hates. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably I changed my mind because sometimes that when you you see a, an hype coming, and and you, usually a lot of people just like embark in it and they they just do it badly. So mm. so what I don't like is bad beer, and this you can you can encounter a lot of bad beer when people are experimenting yeah uh, but i know that's it's a normal process and we we have to go through this uh to to see the light and to get something better at the end so so i have a lot of uh admir- admiration admirations for people that experiment with new techniques uh when they know that probably it's going to be crap uh they know or maybe they don't know because they're just naive but yeah but that's the reality. You will try and you will fail, but the sad thing is that the customer has to to buy your things and to to drink it. Yeah. Uh, but but they at least they try and they want to get better and they want to go to to something that we will we'll all enjoy at the end. Yeah, yeah. no, that's fair. I, I mean, like in your defense as well, the the haze at the time, say it was 2017, it was very new in Canada. And even newer in Quebec, so like there wasn't many good ones, if any at all. I don't even think Bar Canada was around back then. Um, I feel like Quebec really resisted it, so you didn't even you would have had to travel to the states to see it. And it took. And when we, 
when you talked to me about this first the, the first time when you called me an OG and uh, that I didn't like A's. Yeah. Uh, I was just coming back from Trillium in Treehouse. So Okay, so you knew more than me. Yeah, I would say that I, I I've tried it and I, and I was knowledgeable at least a little bit. Right. Uh, yeah. But it grew I'm on you totally, over time. Totally right. Okay. So it grew on you over time. Cause I guess we, even when we did the beer interview, I don't think we really talked about it then. Cause it was, it wasn't really like a big deal, but. Oh, you were always talking about uh, shitty lactose and shit. <laughs> okay. That was my next question. Are you team lactose yeah, no, yet? No, don't talk about lactose. <laughs> I would say that uh, that uh, I I have uh, integrated a, a few techniques from the the, 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 the new dry hopping techniques and all of this. Uh, if you you see the Irma, which uh, is the session IPA, yeah, uh, it is dry and bitter. But uh, I'm using uh, an uh, upstand, which is uh, at the end of the the, the, the boil. You will yes. uh, decrease the temperature and and put uh, aroma aroma ups, um, and I will. I will use some techniques and some knowledge that we gain with the experimentation uh, for the New England IPAs. So I'm not against it. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna use them for what I like, um, at least. So so this is integrated in, in what I do. So I, I will. It's not that I change my mind, but I think there's there's good good thing to take and mm. some less good things. Okay, so basically you're going to make a fire New England IPA from Silo is what I'm saying. It's what you're telling me right now. Maybe, but no maybe. lactose. Because no, that's, lactose. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. I, you can use some oats, maybe some wheat. It's okay. You, know, you can balance that out. Um, <laughs> did you want to do one last beer from Bira to show the other one or are you satisfied with what we've done? Yeah, we can. Uh, you, you can choose. Maybe we can uh, taste the Francesco. Francesco. Yeah, which is the... Coco, uh, coconut porter. Coconut porter? Yes, the uh, Francesco coconut porter, please, from Bira. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I, well, Tiff is getting that. This has been fantastic. The Jeanette is really nice, man. It's really light, really, really easy to drink. It's just super citrusy and, and bright and. The, the first uh, the, the first day we delivered delivered it it was the, the first very very hot day in Montreal so uh, all my beers are in the the, the the fucking cooler they are all cold and I I uh, make the deliveries in my car okay and then I came to the the the, the, the beer shop uh, I was saying people that this is like a, a lemonade and uh, it was so hot this day that people just come it's so good. No, it's really nice, and uh, I didn't realize I had the um, I had the uh, the yeast at the bottom of the can because I, I, it didn't fit in the glass. I just poured that in. It changed it from like a bit more opaque to uh, sorry from trends. You could see through it, so now it's darker and it was a bit a bit more. Uh, I don't know. I guess it just brought that extra flavor. Is that the Fuji camera? Oh yeah, you see the Fuji? Yeah, we yeah. got the XT4. Are you familiar with the caps? XT4, yeah. Yeah, we got that recently. It's a green camera. I'm not rich enough for this. It's uh, it was very expensive. It was. Yeah, I don't want to buy it because the lens are so expensive. The lens was like eleven hundred dollars. Yeah, I like the uh, 56 dollars. Yeah, it's crazy. We got the we got the twenty three one point four. It was a super solid, but we got it. You know, we were talking. We went to the Quebec City and Gaspé trip. We got it like the, a day or two days before we went, and we're um, 
the camera that's plugged in. Ah, oh, fuck. Thank you, baby. Guys, it just keeps happening. I'm sorry. Thank you for sticking with us. Oh, man, this has actually been really solidly uh, views like this whole time. Like There's been a decent amount of people the whole way through. Y'all thugs, appreciate y'all. Ready? JP will be back in a sec. I'm just happy that JP likes uh, Hayes. It's good. I feel like we've come to this like happy middle ground between us now. You know, it's uh, it's great. So this I actually haven't had this one. So this is called Francesco. It's a uh, coconut porter. Oh, I had to recall in again for fuck's sake, bro. There he is. Last time. Last time. That's it. All right. Uh, I was just telling him this is great. So tell us about this beer, bro. This is a coconut porter. No, yeah, oh. So, so we've uh, brewed, uh, brewed it for Biha, um, for sure. I've and, um, yeah, I wanted to pour. I, I like, um, I more like porter than stouts. And this is a Ooh. big debate on what is the porter and what is a stout. But for me, I like it when the, it's less, less uh, burnt and uh, more um, chocolatey, uh, roasty. Uh, so, this is one uh, in between. And we use the fresh coconut um, flakes after fermentation. Yeah. So I think that the, I've tried with the toasted coconut, and uh, I, I, this is a small hint. <laughs> uh, I prefer the the, 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 the raw, uh, un, unroasted coconut. Mm-hmm. It, it tastes just uh, fresher. Okay. No, this is this is really not. I've actually had this before, according to. Uh, my good untap. going to untapped because it keeps my records for me. Um, uh, so which, you, at least untapped can tell you if you you've had it before because you cannot remember. I can't. So, remember. Yeah, man. I used. That to, means you have to uh, erase untapped for a, few, for a few years. Can you imagine? And taste again. I mean, I don't just drink. But that's a good point. I don't just drink beers I haven't had before, but I, <laughs> I just don't remember. I used to have a spreadsheet yeah. and I had to manually uh, copy and paste everything. Spreadsheet in. guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was a spreadsheet guy. You're so spreadsheet untapped guy. replaced the spreadsheet. Yeah. And That's I, for sure. That, the spreadsheets were a mess. I know. It was like, yeah, man. I was. I just had to like keep an eye because then I go into the app and I'd have to Google Bira and then bring up Bira. Did I have it? Did I have it? No, at least this will tell me straight away. Did I have it? Boom. Yeah, it's a great um, tool. Yeah, it's good for that. Um this is dope. So now you've got four canned beers for Bira and four canned beers for Silo, correct? Yeah. We, we've had a, another a fifth beer this summer um, for Silo. It was a strawberry sour. Ooh. It was a kettle sour like the, the Irma, but no ups and only uh, freshly um, freshly picked uh, strawberries. Jesus. Yeah. So we, we, we uh, didn't uh, do it again because we wanted to have uh, only freshly picked picked strawberry uh, i know like right now everybody's doing a lot of um, fruit beers but uh, the, the the hardest part for me is to to uh, to source the, the fruit gotcha. and uh, f- freshly picked uh, quebec strawberries have, have a very um, a ripe aroma very uh, very very strawberry aroma yeah. that doesn't taste like too too much and that is quite uh, strong at the same time so I don't want to use any uh, any uh, frozen fruits for this one because everybody knows uh, what's what's a good f- strawberry uh, taste like and when you taste the strawberry beers that that taste 
not quite the same as a strawberry year. You're kind of disappointed. Yeah. So, uh, we're doing it uh, once a year and that uh, that's it. Okay. I love that. So then people, what's the distribution like though? So say obviously in Montreal, you can get the beers pretty much you know, everywhere, but outside yeah. of Montreal, what's the deal? Yeah, right now you can get it almost everywhere. Uh, we have a few uh, blind spots. We don't have any anything in the, in the Saguenay-Lac-Saint-Jean. I don't know why. We don't have uh, lots in the uh, centre du Québec, but uh, you can get them uh, in uh, Rimouski. You nice. Can get, yeah, you can get them in Rouyn-Noranda. You can get them uh, a lot of uh, uh, cell point in uh, Gatineau, uh, Sherbrooke, uh, Trois-Rivières, Québec. Uh, uh, yeah, there's uh, almost 200 uh, places. That's amazing, man. And this is really cool because, like, you know, you had a pretty rough run. Like, you know, you opened a month before, maybe less than, uh, you know, then everything got locked down. And you've been able to get the beer out there. And not only were you, I mean, you are a known person, but not everyone who's going to buy your beer knows who you are. So no. it's, I think it's a testament to the quality of the beers. I've seen a lot of people talk, like I was saying to you multiple times, I've seen a lot of people talk about. The silo, I mean, look, beer has been around for a while and these are dope. I guess the silo is the hardest sell here because people, you know, at least in Montreal, know beer as the bar. Silo is this new brand. All of a sudden, you know, you have to show who you are and what you're about. And I think you've been able to really, like, show people exactly what you do and um, and, and how quality the, the products are. And, and, you know, people are very, very impressed. And everything now I've had is is fire. It's exactly kind of what I was hoping for what I thought it would be and uh, I'm you know man I'm really happy for you I'm really I'm really glad because it takes a lot of balls to you know push on with something like this when yeah lots of uh, preparation I would say it's yeah <laughs> the key to to, uh, to achieving something that's it yes thank you very much for the opportunity to tonight to uh, talk about uh, what I like to do nah man it's, it's been great I've been wanting to do I've been wanting to get to try the stuff for a while and talk to you about it because I had a lot of questions I've been following since the beginning. Also, just I don't know if I said this on the, on the other ones. Do you remember when we did the La Circus Al podcast? Me and Tiff were like, "You don't have Instagram? What are you doing?" Ah, I remember I, we, you caught us uh, at, the, at the beginning because I was talking with Tiffany and and I was about to say the last thing you, the last time we saw each other you you like uh, how do you say chicane? Yeah, she you she were, oh she's like scolded you for like where's uh, your Instagram. Why you don't have Instagram? <laughs> I know I, uh, I don't master Instagram, but I use it a lot. <laughs> no, man. I'm very impressed because literally by the time we got home, you had signed up to Instagram for La Circa Star and posted. Oh, and yeah, we, yeah. And we were just like, this guy, this is beautiful. <laughs> and then you have, you know, beer is on point. And then Silo has been on point from the beginning. Like you've had, you know, great photos and you've had the presence and you've, you know, You've got it everywhere, so uh, very. I'm very uh, proud of you. Oh, here you go. Tifta says, "Proud of you, <laughs> proud of your smiley face." So you know, it was very cool, man. I just like I like seeing that growth. I like seeing that there's not many people in Quebec that I speak to that have done what you've done as far as um, you know, owning a brewery and then starting another one and then contracting and then selling that and starting a whole new one and then being like, "Fuck, now it's a pandemic, but I got to go." Like, <laughs> you know, it's it's you've done you've gone through a lot. And it's, it's really cool to see that you've been able to continually just make it work 
you know, I, like you said, everything was in the works with the cans of beer anyway, but you've been able to sort of push that harder to keep that thing going when, you know, people can't get anything there. You've been able to impress a lot of people with the original, you know, the, the first batches of beers that you've done through the silo. The branding is out of control, I've, exceptional. I've never seen anything like it before. It's unique. Um, it's eye-catching. I just think you, what you've done is really, really cool under all this pressure that you're under as well. And I think that needs to be celebrated by it. I think it's sick. And I'm really, really happy for you because – Thank you very much. You know, it seems like obviously things aren't where it needs to be in the world and you'll make more money when the damn tap room's open. But, you know, you're able to keep this, this ship going type of thing and – yeah, the pandemic is, uh, is hard on everyone, and uh, there are a lot of uh, other new companies that uh, just have so much trouble uh, getting mm. uh, into the market and uh, having some uh, a voice because there's so much noise right now, and yeah. everything is so complicated for everyone, and uh, people are just just impatient, and they, they, they don't want to <laughs> they don't want to change uh, all the things for for you that making place make, making a a spot for you because you're new and they they, they, they are there are a new there are they are new brew pubs that opened uh, in September and that's crazy because this, all, wow. yeah they are there are uh, there's a, a place in Boucherville which is called uh, Toltec they they they, yeah. they opened uh, for two days oh god they, they they closed and now they have to be to 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 can beer by one by a uh, one by one uh, by wow. hand. So people, uh, yeah, <laughs> some people uh, have it harder than me. Jeez, man. Yeah, no, it's super rough. Um, no, but it's good to see this. I'm excited to see what else is coming for uh, from Silo, from you, you know, the the Double Dry Hub, New England IPA. I'm excited for that. <laughs> yeah. Trust me. I know. I'm re- I, I feel... I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep, keep, please keep me posted. I'm going to, I'm going to be watching for it, but let me know how you go. Uh, but first, uh, next week, uh, I forget to, to mention this, but next yeah, week please. We, have, we have a new uh, Pilsner coming. Uh, From uh, Siler? Yeah, I, I call this uh, Montreal Pilsner because it's an hybrid be- be- between German style and American style with a little bit of uh, maize. Uh, very dry and very nice IPA. Uh, very nice. <laughs> Feels nice. So a uh, new Pilsner coming next Friday. Next Friday? What's it called? It's called Chabanel, like the street. The street? Oh, I love it. Keeping it uh, thorough. What we need to do before we uh, just get all the other stuff, we need to take the screenshot for the thumbnail. So do you want to hold up uh, a can or something like that, a couple of cans? Maybe I can hold up this and this because I can't fit any more in my hands. we got one of each. There we go. Perfect. Here we go. Hang on now. That's good. All right, ready? Let's see if we're satisfied with that one. Beautiful, gorgeous. Uh, JP, my man, where can everybody find you and your two breweries online? Silo, um, Brasserie Silo on Instagram and um, something like that on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And uh, you can... Uh, you can pick up uh, fresh beer uh, at Bira uh, Thursday to Saturday or at uh, Silo directly in the brewery uh, Wednesday to Saturday. And thanks, everyone, for watching this long video with me. 
speaking in English. You did very well. I'm very proud of you. I know the other day you were like, oh, I've got to speak for an hour in English. And I'm like, oh, these podcasts have been going longer than an hour lately. So yeah. you held it down, brother. Um, stay on the line once I wrap this up and we'll, we'll say goodbye properly. But uh, guys, thank you so much for watching. Thank you for tuning in, uh, even through these ridiculous Skype annoyances. Um, guys, if you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up, hit subscribe below, hit the notification bell so you know when the new drops. Follow us on social media at BAOS Podcast and check out the long form audio so you can hear legends and New England IPA converts like JP talk about his crispy boys and other things. I know, right? You're, you're the haze boy now, bro. You're a haze boy. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. In Quebec. <laughs> we'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.